What's up, everyone? I'm Ben Amol, and you're listening to the Oracle Podcast, where your stories matter. guys welcome back to another episode of the oracle podcast my name's megan and my name is esther it is october now and we got some new stuff coming your way we got new merch coming out soon so stay tuned for those release dates for today's episode you'll be hearing from raquel mendoza she is a nursing student at walla walla university portland campus and she will be talking about accepting god's love so So sit back back and enjoy enjoy the show Hi, so I'm Raquel Mendoza, and I am currently at Walla Walla University, Portland campus, finishing my nursing degree that I will hopefully and God willing graduate in December. And um, yeah, I'm just here sharing my story. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raquel. Um, What do you want to do with nursing after? You know, that is an interesting um, phenomenon. I'm honestly keeping my mind open for whatever God has in store for me. However, I do have a dream and a, a passion for people. And so I am hoping to become a missionary nurse eventually. Wow. And um, I just want to go anywhere and everywhere around the world, just spreading God's love and doing um, medical missions and just helping people. Have you done uh, much mission work already in the past? I have. I actually was privileged to go to the Philippines. Um, It was, I believe, two summers ago to do my nursing practicum. And it was honestly one of the, the more inspiring events in my life that motivated me to continue with my passion and my dream to become a missionary nurse. So it, it was a great um, exposure that I got and a great blessing because uh, we got to work with a lot of people in the mountains that hadn't had medical care for a very long time, for years and years, and God opened the doors and allowed us to do some medical work up there. So that was very inspiring. Awesome. What was like the, like I think mission trips are like an amazing way to connect with God, um, yes. an amazing way just to kind of find uh, what your calling is, like you're saying, uh, what was yes. something that you really got for it, like personally, like other than just like knowing uh, where you want to serve in the future, but like what do you feel like God told you during that mission trip? One of the greatest things that God taught me was dependence on Him. Um, when you're overseas, it's really hard sometimes to find all the resources that you need or um, give medical care like we do here in in America or in um, in North America essentially but in um, the Philippines it was just you know we were working with what we had and a lot of times we didn't have a lot of medical supplies or even you know the basic needs that people, 
take for granted sometimes. And so I think it was wonderful how God taught me that, you know, sometimes or all the time, you just have to depend on him to um, be dependent. And there are many miracles that we saw. There are many situations where we didn't have any supplies, but God somehow provided either people or situations that helped us do uh, or help us be able to provide the medical care that we needed to. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I like that you brought up the dependency thing because that's yes. something that you told me that that's we're going to hear about a little bit more. But um, yeah, this episode, I want to hear your story. I want to hear about your upbringing. So how did you... Uh, become a Christian and an Adventist. What was your, what was that like? How did that begin for you? So for me, I was actually born in an Adventist household. Um, my mother actually became an Adventist when she was 18 years old. And um, she was born and raised in Mexico and she found out about the, the Adventist church. And so when she had my sister and I, um, we were just raised in the Adventist church with my, and also my dad as well. Um, but growing up back in when I was a little girl, um, there was a lot of, God was pictured more as a, a authoritarian, you know, so a very powerful being in the sky that told you what to do. And if you didn't do it, you were going to go to hell or be in very big trouble or he was going to punish you. And so I really didn't like the idea of God and the idea of religion and of having some uh, powerful being overseeing everything and just looking for me to mess up and for my every step to see where I was going to stumble so he could rub it in my face or, um, so that was pretty much my upbringing. My parents did their best to raise me and my mother, I remember she would read the Bible to my sister and I every day, but I remember that as I grew up, I struggled a lot with the idea of does God really care or is he just like up there looking at me and seeing where I'm going to mess up and how I mess up? So that was pretty much my, uh, the gist of my upbringing. Mm, that's tough. I think that's tough because I think a lot of people are in that position. Like I think I was like that growing up. Um, it's easy yeah. uh, because of the rules that we learn, um, especially in Adventism or just Christianity, the rules that we strive for um it's easy to see god as like kind of like a hall monitor of our morals yes so then um what did when did that change or what made that change for you how did you come to where you are now so i remember my senior year in academy I, um, <clears throat> my mother never actually wanted my sister and I to go to school, so we ended up going to private academy, and I remember my senior, it was a very tough year for me, I was at an institution that wasn't the best, and I just remember struggling there, especially with 
oh, should I go into my rebellious years and rebel, or should I just stay, you know, to be the Christian girl that I need to battle inside of me? And I remember that after that year, I struggled so much with that and kind of going back and forth. And I finally um, fell into almost like a depression. And I didn't really know how to that. So I turned to my crazy stage that I like to um, call. That is about the time that I graduated high school and I started community college because I could not afford to go to um, private university. And so I decided to head into my crazy stage. And in community college, it was the very first experience I had ever had with um, the public space. I had never been in public school. I had homeschooled up to the time that I went to academy. And so being in a public setting was like, oh, my word, this is such a different world, and I'm going to go crazy. And so that is pretty much when I stopped caring about God and about what he had to, what plans he had for my life or if he even cared. I didn't really care about that anymore. I just kind of did my own thing. And I thought, you know, if I'm sad and I'm depressed, I'm going to figure out a way to make myself happy again. But of course it only led to more trouble and more sadness. And, um, it wasn't until I was about 19 years old and I was actually working full time and going to school full time that I remember sitting at my desk office and wondering, you know, how did I get here? Like, what, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I, I don't exactly like my life. I actually hate my life right now. Mm. And I remember my mother asked me, she said, you know, whatever happened to your nursing dream? And I remember looking at my mom and I said, you know, that dream is long gone. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. And my mother told me, you know, if you're ever going to be a nurse, you have to make a choice. You either have to take the leap of faith and just go for it. Or this is probably what your life is going to look like for the rest of your days. And that really hit me. And um, I remember after she told me those words, I was at work thinking, I was staring at my computer screen and I prayed for the first time in a very long time. And I remember that I looked up And I said a very skeptical prayer. I essentially said, you know, if there's anyone up there, if there is a God, if you're up there and if you care, then get me out of this situation. Because if not, I'm going to end up killing myself. Like I I can't, I, I don't like my life. I hate my life. And if there truly is a God up there that cares, then open some doors and get me out of here. And so that was pretty much the beginning of how I started to 
rediscover a different God who actually loves me and cares about me and on a personal level rather than just a big person in the sky that really isn't doesn't care about my life essentially wow and so <clears throat> did that prayer lead to you kind of was it like kind of you do you feel it was it like direct God leading was there people that just came into your life that got it like what happened next oh definitely um that was pretty much almost the snowball effect, right? It was the beginning of everything else that happened. And so I eventually looked at my mom and I said, you know, I think I'm going to try this whole nursing thing. And she said, okay, well, start applying places. And so I did. I started um, applying to jobs or to different universities, I'm sorry. And none of them would get back to me. And so I thought, okay, well, if if I'm meant to be a nurse and no one's getting back to me, this is actually kind of funny. Like, what? Um, maybe there isn't a God. Okay. So I just kept applying to different Adventist universities. And um, I remember I applied to Loma Linda specifically. I really, really wanted to go there. And the last university on my on my um on my mind was Walla Walla because I just, I never really had an interest to go to Walla Walla. I just thought, you know, I feel like everyone goes there and I just don't want to go there. And I didn't, at the time I didn't really have any people I knew at Walla Walla or any friends. And so I was like, well, I, I really want to go to Loma Linda. I really want to try. And so finally, um, Loma Linda got back to me. And I was super excited. I decided to schedule a tour. I was very, you know, just super excited to possibly have the opportunity to do my nursing career there. And uh, I remember I told my mom we were getting ready and to go down to Loma Linda and um, tour. And suddenly I got a call and they decided not to accept me. Oh. And I thought... Oh my word, my words, my world started crumbling. I thought, oh my word, I'm never going to be a nurse. Like little Melinda rejected me. And, um, but finally my mom, you know, she, in her wisdom, she looked at me and she said, you know, why don't you look at Loma Linda or I'm sorry, Walla Walla. And I, I told her, no, I don't want to go there. I really, really don't want to go there. And the next few weeks, several people from my church came up to me and they said, you know, you should really look into Walla Walla University and you should really look into Walla Walla University. And it just kind of kept coming back to me. And finally, out of out of stubbornness, I was like, OK, fine, I'll just I'll just apply. And if they reject me, then at least people will stop bugging me. And so they actually got back to me immediately and they said, oh, yeah, we want to schedule a tour. Um, we can schedule a meeting with uh, the nursing professors and you can take a look at our campus and see what you, you know, if you like it or not. And I, I looked at my mom and she said, well, you know, all the, you know, the worst they can say is no. So why don't you just go and take a look. And I will never forget the day that I stepped foot on that campus. I fell in love with Walla Walla. And um, it was just it, it, amazing. I, I met the nursing instructors. I met a lot of faculty. 
And they were also very kind to me and just excited about the dreams that I had and very supportive. And so I was getting really pumped. Well, like any other university, the last office you ever go to is the financial office. Mm. And so I walked in. (laughs) very excited, very pumped. I looked at my mom and I said, this is the school and I'm going to come here. And I sat down with the financial lady and uh, she looked at our finances. My family actually is not well off at all. We're, um, my, my parents never got the opportunity to go to college. And so um, we're not very, very well off at all. And so they looked at my parents' income and they looked at, you know, all of the, you know, every, all the numbers they have to put in. And I remember I was smiling from ear to ear. I was excited. And the financial person looked at me and said, well, it, it, I mean, if, if you don't have an inheritance or maybe like a rich uncle or anything, I don't really see you coming here. And wow. again, I, my whole entire body just froze and my smile faded. And I thought, right when I'm this close, again, I meet another wall. Again, I meet another situation that tells me I'm not going to make it. And so I started crying. I got up and left. And I remember the entire drive home, I was just crying and asking, you know, asking God, you know, I, I pray to you. I, I tried to believe that there was someone up there that cared. And now that I'm this close, like there suddenly everything just stops and that there's nothing and there's no hope and there's nothing. And I I just, I kept praying, why, you know, if you're up there and if you actually want to show me that you care, why are you doing this? And I got home. Until this day, I don't really understand what part of me had the courage to say this to my mother, but I, I think it was God truly speaking through me because I didn't believe an ounce of this. I remember I got home, I turned off the car and I looked at my mom and I said, you know, I don't know how, and I don't know with what money, but come the fall, I will be in Walla Walla. Wow. And my mom looked at me and she said, okay, I don't, I don't know either because we don't have any money. And, um, sure enough, you know, things started that was in April. School didn't start until uh, the fall, didn't start until September. And so I had a couple of months to look for loans and look for uh, financial resources. And I remember going to every single bank and loan office and everything, just trying to find the means. And time after time, we would get rejected. And I, I kept praying and I just felt like I was talking to a brick wall. I was like, you know, God, what are you doing? Like, shouldn't you be helping me right now? And 
finally the day came that we call financial clearance to move in. And I began packing. And I remember my mom asked me, she said, why, why are you packing? You know, we don't have the money. And I told her, you know, mom, if I'm ever going to give this God a chance, then I have to know that I did everything at least that I could mm. to help him show himself to me. Mm-hmm. And so my mom said, oh, okay. We drove to Walla Walla and we got there. I went to the financial office and I looked at the lady and I said, you know, I'm here. I need to get financially cleared. I am. I already signed up for some classes, but nothing can start until I'm financially cleared. And so she looked at me and she said, you know, all of our emergency funds and everything just just finished. Like there is no more extra funds. There is no more extra help left. Everyone just kind of took it. And I just took a deep breath and I said, okay. And she looked at me and she said, but you know, go and like get some food or something and come back in about an hour and I'll see what I can do. So I had a little bit of hope in my heart and financial clearance had to happen at 4.30 and it was um, 3.30. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go hang out and just kind of tour Walla Walla and see what I can do to kill time. And finally at four, around 4.20, she gave me a call and she said, I need you to come into the office right now. Well, being the person that I am, I thought, you know, she's just going to tell me that nothing, she, you know, she did everything she could, but, mm. you know, she couldn't do anything. And so I walked in. I was already choking because I thought, okay, you're not going to cry. It's okay. Just, just take it. You're strong. It's okay. So I sat down and she looked at me and she said, you know, I, I could get you some help but there is still a balance on your account. And my heart sunk. I didn't want to hear those words. And she said, but you know, it's, it's a good amount of money, but you know, we, we still could get you some help at least for this quarter. I don't know about the rest, but at least for this one to get you started, we found a little bit of money. Um, but there is still a balance. And I, I looked at her and I said, okay, how much is the balance? And she said, okay, your balance still due to be cleared is $500. And I looked at her and my jaw just dropped. And I said, "Um, I have exactly only $500 in my pocket right now. And she looked at me and we both started, we started crying and I said, oh my word, there is a God, there Mm. is a God that cares. And so that pretty much started my journey. And at Walla Walla, I got the chance to go to Vespers and prayer meetings and just meet different people that had a passion and a love for God. And, you know, it was truly when my life started. And that was only, what, three, I think three years ago or almost four now. 
But it's truly when my life began, because before that, it was such a roller coaster. And since then, God, just every quarter, I remember I went to that financial office and I said, you know, here I am again. I don't have any money. What's going to happen? And, you know, they would say, okay, we can try and do this or we can try and do that. And many times money would just come into my account. And there was no explanation for it. There was no name attached to it, but it was just there. And, you know, God started showing me, it's okay. You just have to depend on me. You just have to lean on me because I got you, but you got to trust. And so that is pretty much where I started to see God in a very different light and on a very personal level. Wow. So I'm just wondering, like, cause that's, that's amazing. And I think, um, like God really shows himself. Yes. Uh, especially yes. when we're willing to chase it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what is it that kept you grounded? Cause like you were at a point where you felt like you were ready to give up when you mm-hmm. were saying like, you were living this life that you, like, you know, your crazy life that you were saying and, right. uh, you were ready to just give in and then you gave God pretty much an ultimatum, like show yourself. And then it seemed like it didn't just go right from that point. Things still got bad. Yes. You know? So what is it that, like, how were you able to keep chasing after the first rejection and the second and the third and the fourth? Well, notoriously, I am a very stubborn person. And Mm. I like to um, see things all the way until the end, until I feel like, okay, I just can't go anymore like even if I could there's just there's a brick wall and I just can't go past that um but I think really what kept me strong was my mother um my mother ever since we were little girls she would read the bible to my sister and I and she would read us the different stories and the different miracles that you know God showed his people even when it looked like there was no more hope And so I remember throughout this entire process, my mother truly believed, believed in, in my, in the plans that God had for my life. And growing up, I remember she would always look at me and tell me, you know, Raquel, you're different. You're, you're, and I'm not just saying that because you're my daughter, but you're different. God has a plan for you and you are going to do great things for God, but you just got to give him a chance. And, you know, through this process, nursing process to get into school, my mom would always look at me and say, you know, God is there. He's going to make it happen. Just keep going. At least, you know, just give him a chance. Just give him another chance. And, and, you know, I, I was really stubborn and I thought, you know, yeah, I think we can go a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And so my mom just kept reminding me, you know, even though you may not see it or may not believe it, there is a God who loves you and who wants to be with you and who wants to give you the desires of your heart and who wants to do great things through your life. And so my mother was a big, a very big part of that and just inspiring me and motivating me to not give up because, you know, God is there even when we can't see it or we can't feel it or we can't sense it, but God is there helping us. And so 
eventually she she realized that you know God was stepping in and again she looked at me and she said you know don't forget these moments God is here like keep pushing forward and I I really believe that her her heart and her she's a very godly woman my mother is a very she's a prayer warrior and I do believe that all her prayers caught up to me and that she is she just tries and she does a wonderful job at reminding me that there is a God and he loves me. And no matter the situation or how hard things may look or how impossible they may look, she always says, you know, the more impossible, the better, because that just gives God a chance to show you how much of a God he truly is. Wow. And so that really pushed me forward and, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that, that, you know, my mother was there to push me forward and that my stubbornness didn't allow me to give up that easily. So mm. now just yeah. like, just wondering a little bit more specifically, what do you think people need to know, especially when they're growing up or uh, even when they're in their teenage years or in college, like what do they need to know though so they can fully grasp God's love? What is it that they need to get? I think God's love is something very personal. It's almost like, um, because I'm in the medical field, it's almost like when you're treating a sick person. No one goes into the hospital and has the same care that the previous patient did. It's very individual. It's very unique to that person. And I think that growing up, my faith when I was a little girl was very much my parents' faith, my mom's faith. And however she perceived God, I thought that I had to perceive God too, not realizing that I'm a different person and God wants to relate to me on my level. And I think that as you grow, just giving God that opportunity and that chance to show you how much he loves you. You know, whether your dream is going overseas or whether your dream is just staying at home and doing a difference there. It's just praying and allowing God to show you what he wants to do with you in your life. And one of the prayers that I have actually began to pray on a regular basis is, you know, God, today I am saying yes to you. I don't know what that means entirely, but I want to say yes to anything that you send my way. And, you know, things started happening. You know, I I started getting, um, you know, invites to speak here and do other stuff over there. Uh, People would come into my life and and I would uh, they would either empower me and inspire me or I would inspire them. And, you know. I think it's just willingness, willingness to let God into your life and allow him to show you how much of a powerful person for him you can be. Mm -hmm. And I think that is truly the most humbling part of this entire experience is that growing up, I just saw myself as just another girl. And even though my mom would tell me, you know, you're different and you're going to do great things, I really didn't believe it. And so now that I have started to grow more and more in my faith, you know, God has shown me that, 
you can, you will do great things for me. You will inspire others and you will, you know, help people and share my love, but you just got to give me a chance. Wow. 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 Um, just in closing, mm-hmm. what would you tell people who are struggling, uh, to give God that chance, even after one mess up or struggling to fully get who God is? My biggest word of advice definitely is that Bible verse. And it, it's it the where it's found slips my mind right now. But the Bible verse that says that God who began a good work in you will complete it. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, very, very quickly, the other day I was working on a little project. And I was getting so frustrated because it involved a lot of little pieces of paper and very time consuming. And, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is so frustrating. And, but in, in the middle of everything, I thought, you know, I'm going to finish this project because if I don't finish it, it can't stay halfway. It's, it won't be complete. It's not going to look good. It's, I have to complete it. And it, 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 it like clicked in my head. I was like, you know, God is working in our hearts and on our lives and essentially he is beginning his work in our lives and even when we mess up even when we feel like oh you know i'm I'm a hopeless i'm a hopeless cause like there's just there's no hope for me god is still there and saying you know i'm still working i'm going to complete you but just keep keep giving me that chance and i think it's we tend to see God as a person that, oh, three strikes, you're out. But God is more like he's a loving father and he just wants the best for us. And I truly believe that if you are struggling to give God that chance in your life, just remember that God is a God of love and he is a God that wants to complete that work in your life. And it doesn't matter where you are he wants to come and meet you at your level and then take you higher with him all right thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the oracle podcast um big shout outs to megan and esther for doing the intro uh stay tuned because you're going to be hearing their voice a lot more for the next little bit as they are my student volunteers they don't know about that though and um i thank you so much raquel for sharing your story and helping us understand how to accept god's love Um, May we all understand that God is trying to do something great for us and he's constantly working uh, so that we can accept and understand who he is. So um, that's it for now. Stay blessed.